welcome to the How to HR podcast. I'm your host, Shona, founder and director of Lilac HR, where we help equestrian and country businesses to become brilliant employers. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and let's get cracking. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to another episode of How to HR. I'm your host, Shona. And today I want to kind of follow on from the conversation that I had with you last week about when you want to employ someone for the first time. So when you first take somebody on as an employee, I recommend that you have a probationary period written into your contracts of employment. And the reason for that is so that you can give yourselves a period of time for the employee to get to know you and your company and make sure they want to work for you and for you to assess the employee and make sure that they are right for your business. So when we think about probationary periods, I like to think of it like dating. The first couple of months of a brand new relationship Everyone's just kind of getting to know the lay of the land. Everyone's working out where the boundaries are, what the likes and the dislikes are. You're trying to work out what really irritates you about that person, if anything. Um, So that's kind of what your probationary period is for, is working out, are you going to have a relationship? Are you going to be long term? That's what we want to understand. And you might feel that the level of success that an employee has in their probation is basically down to them. But when we refer back to it like a relationship, it's a two-way street, isn't it? The employer has to put in a bit of effort to help integrate their new employee to the business. So there are a few things that you can do to help to kind of create that success, create that fulfilling relationship that you want from your employees and I don't mean romantically because that's a whole different podcast about harassment that we'd need to have so the first thing that you should think about is your induction now when I hear the word induction I think of the first day of work at a new job where you don't really do anything apart from try not to fall asleep as you're basically put to death by powerpoint (laughs) We've all been there, right? We've all been there and sat through like a six hour presentation uh, about health and safety and, you know, boring things that we're not really that interested in. Now, I'm not saying don't use PowerPoint because it can be a great way to share lots of information, but that is basically your first date, isn't it? Your interviewing process, that's where you're, you know, having a little chat online, you have a little phone call, you have a little text and whatever. The induction is the first date. So if your new person comes in on their first day at your business and just spends the whole time wanting to go home, that's not really going to set the tone for a great relationship going forward, is it? So what we need to do is kind of make their first day really enjoyable. You have to go through things like where the toilets are and the fire exits and all the usual kind of stuff. But it's all about integrating them, making them feel special, making them feel like you want to get to know them and integrating them into the team. But the other thing that you need to think about with your inductions is that they need to go on for longer than just the first day or the first morning or the first hour, whatever your current induction looks like. It's about showing the new employee your ways of working, your ways of communicating, learning your systems, your procedures, 
and getting to know a whole group, whole new group of people. So what I like to um, suggest to my clients is that they plan at least a two week period of induction with your new starter. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be joined at their hip for the first two weeks and hold their hand. What it means is you kind of structure their first couple of weeks for them to help them find their feet. So book meetings for them with key people in the business. So, for example, get them if they're working closely with your finance team, get them to work with your finance team, get them to meet the head of the finance team or meet the person that they're going to be having lots of communications with, because it just helps when that person has a question in two months time, they will know the exact person to go to. Think about how you can help them to start building relationships and integrating them into how your business operates on every level. It's not just about the job, is it? They need to be able to come in, get on with people in different departments, communicate with people in different departments at different levels and do it well and build those kind of trusting relationships with the with the team that mean that they will be successful, that everyone will like them. That's what you're trying to achieve with your induction process. I know it sounds a bit like overkill, but trust me, it really, really works. It works much better than just throwing them in at the deep end, not telling them who anybody is and hoping for the best. Believe me, it takes all of that stress and anxiety out of being in a new place and a new job for that employee and helps them to focus on getting to know people, you know, getting to know the place and getting to know what you're doing. So that's the first thing, induction. Make sure you do one and make sure you actually put some effort into thinking about what you're going to do with it. The second tip that I have to making your probationary period successful are regular reviews. You should meet up with your newbies more regularly than you would meet up with your established staff. So ideally, you should be meeting with your employee once a week when they first start. And then you can sort of, once they settle in, you can reduce it to maybe bi-weekly or maybe monthly. But you should be meeting with your new employee at least once per month during their probationary period. And the point of these meetings is to see how they're getting on, identify training needs, identify if there's any support that they need from you and address any concerns that you might have in a timely way. So if they are making mistakes, if they're coming in late, if they're doing things that are grating on you a little bit, tackle it, just tackle it nice and informally in their monthly one-to-one. When you're having one-to-ones with your employees, try and avoid dominating the conversation. So don't make it a bollocking, don't make it a lecture. Try to ask questions to ascertain how the employee is settling and don't tell them how you think they're doing. Ask them how they're doing. How are they settling with the rest of the team? How are they finding the job? How are they finding the workspace, the environment that they work in? And if they, you know, if they bring things up to you, then offer support. And I don't just mean by saying like, oh, yeah, I'm here for you if you need me. When when people are new to a business or even actually in general, and I see this quite a lot with employees. If you ask them what support do you need, they will nearly always reply with I don't know, because they don't know what support is on the table. 
That's like saying, what do you want for dinner when you've not read the menu? If they don't know what's on offer, they can't tell you what support they need. So what you need to do is listen to what it is they're telling you and say, would some support with, I don't know, spreadsheet management help you? Would an online course on Excel training help you? And they'll probably go, yeah, that would be really great. So you've got to be a bit more specific. So this is why it's important for you to ask questions and listen to the answer. So those regular reviews will help you to keep on top of the progress that they're making in their probationary period. And it will help you to nip things in the bud nice and early. Plus, if you're having regular reviews and you find that you're having the same conversation more than once, that can be a signal that you then need to escalate the process to a more formal probationary review where you might consider either extending their probation or terminating their employment. So for example, if you have a review in month one and your employee's been late three times, you will talk about that in your review and say, look, you know, we get it, traffic, alarm doesn't go off, all the usual kind of stuff, you know, fell asleep in the shower, whatever. All of that stuff happens, life happens, but you need to be here on time. And then in month two, if you're having that same conversation again, because the same things have happened, you can say, right, this isn't really good enough, is it? So what we're going to do is we're going to have a more formal probation meeting with HR or with a different manager or whatever. And we're going to discuss this because this isn't okay. So the reviews not only allow you to support the employee and make sure they're okay and look after them, it's also a way for you to manage them to meet your standards. Because remember, they're new to your business. They don't know you. They don't know what you're expecting of them. It might have been fine for them to be late to work every day in their previous job. So it's all about, it's like, it's kind of like when you get a new dog. So <laughs> I apologise if that offends anybody. It's kind of like when you get a new dog or when you look after someone else's dog and they come in and they jump straight on your sofa. But your dog's like that you already have know that you don't go on the sofa but the new ones don't so you have to set that boundary because if you don't set that boundary you're just going to get more and more mad at the dog that's on your sofa with mucky paws and it's not the dog's fault because you haven't told them that you don't expect them to be on the sofa same thing with your employee if you don't have the conversation to say this is not okay we do things in this way here they don't know so you need to share that information with them if you want them to be successful. Okay, tip number three, give feedback, which is kind of what I've just been saying. If something isn't quite right, deal with it. If your new starter hasn't quite done something in the way that you prefer, if they've made a mistake, or if there's something that you're concerned about, meet with them to talk about it as soon as possible. So if you've already got a review in the diary for next Friday, that's fine. Talk about it then. But if you haven't booked your your regular reviews in, if there's, you know, or, or if you only had the meeting yesterday and you're not due a meeting for another four weeks, book another one in. You can meet with your employee as often as you need to deal with these issues. And I always say this, if you don't nip things in the bird early doors, they just get worse over time and you end up with a bigger problem that's harder to deal with. So, for example, your employee They've been with you two months. They've been late three times. If you do nothing, they may well continue to be late to work. And then you find yourself 
nine months down the line, so they're out of their probationary period, and you suddenly decide that you want to sack them because you're fed up of them being late. Two issues there. Number one, you didn't tell them that it's not okay to be late. I know there's some things that you would expect that you don't need to tell people, but you do. You need to tell people if it's not okay and give them an opportunity to improve. And number two, they're not in their probationary period anymore. So you can't just bypass formal procedures. You now have to go through a full disciplinary procedure to investigate the issue and hold a disciplinary hearing in order to make that dismissal decision. And frankly, if you haven't ever told this person that it's not okay to be late, I would be strongly advising against dismissing that person at that point. Whereas if in month two, the employee has been late three times, you sit them down, you have a little chat about it and you record it in your one-to-one notes, and then they are late again the next month and you have another review booked and you discuss it in that review, you can say, look, I've already spoken to you about this. We're gonna now deal with it in a more formal way. We'll have a formal probation meeting, we'll assess the situation, and it may be that your employment's terminated. So it stops things from escalating out of your control to the point where you then need a big lengthy HR process to deal with it. If you're already having regular reviews, if you have to give feedback on something, then the conversation should be technically quite straightforward. Because although giving feedback is, you know, super awkward, isn't it? Nobody really enjoys it. But if you are already communicating regularly with that person, you've built a rapport with them, you know how to handle it and you know how they're going to respond. So it's less scary. But also, if you're talking to them regularly, you will probably find that whatever the issue is that you've come across, it won't be a surprise to you. And you'll probably find it won't be a surprise to the employee when you sit them down to talk about it. So having those open channels of communication are so, so vital for the first few months. Well, and for, you know, the entire employment relationship, but particularly crucial in those first few months to make sure that everything can be successful. And finally, you need to be prepared for challenges in probation. When you're dealing with people, you must always remember that not everybody thinks in the same way as you. So people will often do things that baffle you, that make no sense, that don't feel logical. The important thing is to remember to follow your procedure and focus on the facts. So when somebody does something like just doesn't turn up for work without ringing anybody, instead of focusing on how rude you think they are for not telling you that they're not going to come in, why don't you look on the look at the facts? Look at, have I told this person the number they need to call if they're off sick? Have I told this person the procedure? And if I have, then they're just, you know, not following procedure, in which case we need to follow a conduct management procedure, disciplinary, or a probation procedure. If an employee declares a health condition three months down the line that they didn't tell you about at interview, don't worry about the fact they didn't tell you at interview and just focus on handling any reasonable adjustments you need to make for them and supporting them with that health condition. If an employee tells you they don't like your management style, don't get offended, get curious. Ask them how they like to be managed. Ask what improvements they would like to see and try it. You know, we have to be open to challenges as employers because 
not everybody is going to agree with us all of the time. Even if you're not an employer yet, even if you hire freelancers, people will disagree with you. People will do things differently to you. And you can either get pissed off about it or you can learn from it. Because if some sort of challenge like that comes up and you you know you start to feel emotional about it and you start to feel offended that means it's triggered something in you so that means that you have got something that you can learn about yourself and it might be that if someone comes up to you and says I don't like your management style it might just be because they don't like being managed because I've come across plenty of them myself included (laughs) but that's okay that doesn't mean that you're a bad manager it just means that maybe they're not compatible with you Maybe it means that you need to do some tweaking in how you approach things because none of us are perfect. None of us were born fabulous managers. It's not, it's not what we're here to do, is it? So just always see challenges as an opportunity to develop yourself as a leader. People will always, always, always do weird shit. They just will. Like just, if you always expect weird shit to come up, then when it's something wonderful that comes up, you can just enjoy it. (laughs) But people doing weird things is not necessarily a reflection on you as a manager. But, and and this is actually something that I learned um, through my riding. If my horse isn't doing what I want him to do, the first place I look is at myself. Am I doing everything that I need to be doing in the right way so that it's clear for him. And nine times out of 10, I'm not. Nine times out of 10, he's drifting to the left because I'm sitting to the left when I want him to go to the right. So it's thinking about, okay, this person's doing something weird. Maybe they've gone AWOL, maybe they're not following a procedure. Have I done everything as a manager to support them to understand that procedure? Have I given them a copy? Have I written it down for starters? Have I shared the information with them correctly? Do they understand it? Do they understand the implications of doing it wrong? There are so many reasons why people do things maybe correctly, incorrectly, whether they do something that we think is weird or illogical. But if you can just look to yourself and think, okay, have I done everything that I possibly can for this person? And the answer may well be yes. Yes, I have given them that procedure. I've written it down. I've read through it with them. They fully understand everything. They are just choosing not to follow it. That's fine. Again, we don't need to get offended. We don't need to get upset about it. We just follow a procedure. That's exactly what HR is here for. So there doesn't need to be any stress. There doesn't need to be any drama. We can just go, okay, this person's doing something weird. This person's, you know, not doing what I've asked them to do. Not really sure why. Don't worry about the why. Just focus on what it is you're going to do about it and make sure that you follow through on that. Now, I'm not saying that this is a bulletproof method to having zero failed probationary periods because, you know, it's people, isn't it? We can't ever guarantee anything. But if you arm yourself with these steps and implement them consistently, and if you're always reflecting on yourself as a manager, have I done everything that I need to do? Have I acted in the best way possible? Have I been a good manager? you will improve your employees' chances of passing their probation and more importantly, becoming a valuable asset to your business. So there you go, guys. My little grapes of wisdom for you today. If you haven't already, then I strongly suggest that you check out my website because I've been doing a little bit of updating 
and I've managed to make HR sound sexy. I know it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> um, I, yeah, go and check it out. It will. It may well make you want to buy a bottle of wine. That is a side effect, but go and check it out because honestly, all the plans have been updated. All the um, bonuses, all the extra content that you get with my packages have been updated and it's just fabulous. So go and have a little look when you get five minutes. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. Have a fabulous rest of the week, whatever it is you're getting up to, and I will speak to you very soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you love what you're hearing, then be sure to tell us on Facebook and Instagram at lilachrltd.com.